The show starts in one minute. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to episode 78 of Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Long Box Crusade. We are back in Gotham City. We are in our recording studio, set up in one of the many unused rooms in Stately Wayne Manor. I'm your host, Jared Ulrich, the art sale artist, and joining me, as always, is the Robin to my Batman. It's Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Cristados. And how are you feeling today, boy, Wonder Cristados? I am feeling good today, Jared. Um, I just want to see if I can get a volunteer. Would one of you four please volunteer for me? I just need you to help me out with something real quick. I got you, Pat. Okay, good, because this is really going to work. Oh, yeah, this will really work out, Devin. Okay, I just want you to stand right here on this X, and then I'm going to show you how traps work when I make them. It's going to turn out really great. She'll just stand right there. Let me pull this lever. Hold on a second. And it worked. See, that's how you pull a trap. I was just when I said I was worried you were gonna ask for help with Christmas decorations, so I did not volunteer. Oh, little did you know that it that's where the Christmas decorations are. So now he's gonna have to bring them back up. He knows that now. He's back (laughs) in the cocker spaniel pit going back to the old (laughs) joke. Guess so somebody fish him out because I'm gonna be checking in with him in a second, but uh as for now, we got to check in with the laziest Alfred Pennyworth of all time. It's my brother, Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrecht. And how are you today, Jason? Lazy. You're going to call me lazy? Let me tell you, I'm soaking these old bones because I'm driving around these two knuckleheads all day chasing these villains. What does my boss say? He's like, they ain't going to know what hit them. They in for a surprise. He runs up, takes a right cross, and gets laid out. Like kitchen tile. And what happens? I'm watching Boy Wonder, and I'm wondering, when is that beating going to stop on his head? <laughs> so I have to grab a chain, and I go Pennyworth, man. I go Pennyworth. I'll tell you what, what a penny's worth. I'll tell you what a penny will get you. It'll get you an ass whooping. That's what it'll get you. <laughs> I saw you with the chain. I also like how Jason's. Impression of Al- Alfred doing an impression of Batman sounds like Ozzy Davis for some strange reason, but hey, it, it, it all came together. Oh, man. You were working the chain, and I saw that, and we'll definitely talk about that. I think uh, I think Delvin's out of the pit now. So we have with us the incorruptible lawman of the city is Commissioner Delvin the Dark Web Williamson. How do you do today, Commissioner? Ah, uh, Doing okay. Like, do you know how hard it is to get out of a pit? Like, stacking all of the Christmas decorations and like <laughs> just get it and, and then climbing out while leaving all the decorations what, in there. What? It is tough. It, <laughs> I worked up a sweat. Uh, you know, much like women. Like, I don't know if you know this or not, Jared, but women can work too. <laughs> Are you, right? I, I just figured this. And. Hold on, hold on. What's this photo on the wall? Hey, everybody, we put a man on the moon. We put a man on the moon, everybody. (laughs) Check that out. Oh, my God. This is a red letter day. Let me tell you. Uh, you. Delvin is uh, still a reference there to the commercial we're going to talk about in just a second. And uh, that is it. It's just the four of us for this episode. Well, not exactly. 
This is uh, one of the new ones that we're doing where we're inviting in Crusaders Club members to get all the access and to watch as we record. So we're recording this on a Wednesday night, standard recording night. And uh, we've put the link out on the Crusaders Club page, which is patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. And a couple folks are in the chat, so I want to shout out to Jim Meal and, of course, Kathy. Uh, they have joined us this evening. And so if you're listening and you're like, wait a minute, I'm a club member. I, I must have missed that notification. Don't worry. There's going to be plenty more. We're going to do a lot more of these standard recordings live for you guys. Just, you know, trying to give you a little bit more bang for your buck. And we appreciate you Crusaders Club folks. So they may have some comments that we uh, use on the show tonight. Who knows, but we'll get to it. And Pat, you're the guy to tell everybody what the show is all about. Well, Jared, I am glad you asked because Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review show brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, where we'll be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. On this episode, we will continue our dive into 1943's Batman serial. 1943's Batman serial was produced by Rudolph C. Flortho. It starred Lewis Wilson as Batman and Douglas Croft as Robin. So grab your battering, fire up the Batmobile, and swing into adventure. But don't forget, that crowbar may come in handy. Okay, folks, before we hand it over to Delvin for our episode's info, let's take a look, or of course, in this case, a listen to a commercial that would have been playing at the time this episode was recorded back in 1943. This will help us get into the right time frame of mind, if you will, transport us back to the 40s. And for this episode's commercial retro rewind, we have Women at Work. We are still short millions of hands. We must call upon women. All over the United States, women are called upon to leave their homes and take jobs. Among our young unmarried women and among older women whose children are grown, we have a large reserve. They discover that factory work is usually no more difficult than housework. Employers find that women can do many jobs as well as men. Some jobs better. Tens of thousands of women are already at work in aircraft. More are being added as fast as they apply. This solves the breadwinning problem for many families whose men are at war. The government's policy is that women should get the same pay that men get for similar work. Where necessary, machinery is adapted for women's use. When a hand drill weighs heavily on feminine muscles, the lazy arm drill is introduced to take off the strain. When married women with small children have to take jobs, 
Everything possible will be done to provide day care for the children. All right, guys, what did you think of this one? We start with Delvin. You know, man, I don't know if I can talk about this without being somewhat political. It was a surprisingly progressive commercial, I think, for 1943, you know? It was like, yeah, like, hey, you know, we got, like, I mean, (laughs) with a a little bit of that show, and it was like, yeah, you know, we got this, like, robot arm, you know, just in case your dainty, weak female arm can't lift it. Like what? a brawny yeah. male arm. <laughs> I'm glad you picked that, Why wouldn't though? they use that just period? They didn't use that <laughs> anyway. Some dude, you know, who just comes back from war and he sees that. He's like, what the? I've been asking for that. <laughs> you know? But I, no, I, I think that's sort of a, a, a fascinating facet of it. In, in, in the video or the audio you just heard, they talked about coming up with like new ways to make the work a little easier for a woman who isn't as strong. I thought, well, that's just that's just good for innovation, period. So, yeah, yes. that was yes, yeah. And I like the part they're like, well, hey, we're gonna try and make sure that you guys would get or you gals, excuse me, would get paid uh, as much as the guys, provided that you're doing like the same type of work. And I'm I'm sitting there like, word, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, why why aren't we doing this today? I, so anyway, like, yes, I was surprised at the progressiveness of it, but at the same time. Uh, there's still a little bit of that 1940s in it because it's 1940s. And of course, it was all for the war effort because, I mean, that is very, very real. You've got folks that got to make money or them and their kids aren't going to eat. So like women goes to work. And then last thing, uh, they're like, yeah, and we'll do our best to take care of your brats <laughs> while, <laughs> while you're working. <laughs> hey, man, free childcare on site. They, I mean, you got to give it up for like, it, it was a decent plan. Like all these dudes are gone. How do we keep this machine almost literally going? Mm-hmm. Good pay, good benefits. You know, uh, make uh, like we talked about inventions that make it possible. You know, for these things that like there was not a lot of downsides involved in that. No, <laughs> kind of fascinating. I'll stop talking. Let some other folks talk. Yeah, Pat, you get to talk. I think Delvin said a lot about it already. You know, coming out with this, it was kind of nice to see just what the offers were there and kind of what it looked like at the time. I know we've done a lot of the Sherlock Holmes radio shows. And so we talk about war bonds, things like that. And this is just another aspect of, you know, war times that you kind of get a glimpse into seeing and just the progressiveness, the, the innovation that it has brought and, and continues to do. So I, I liked it. I, I didn't think it was, anything bad but like Del, you know delvin said too it's that early 1943s you know they're showing old timey stuff so interesting but very good and i i liked it a lot and we'll bring our resident probably most uh of the four of us most world war ii buffishness person i just made that up which is jason uh looking at it probably through more of a historical lens than any of us but jason your thoughts my first thought is i can't believe y'all didn't catch me watching it because I forgot to watch it in the span of how long it took you to do the intro. <laughs> but now that I've seen it. I told you guys in the in the viewing audience. I told there's, you. Al- there's always one guy, and I'm that guy, apparently. But in all seriousness, I agree with everything that you said. And indeed, I've, I've studied some of this in political science and some of my history classes. And 
you're all absolutely right. It was so necessary for the war effort to keep making these war fighting machines and the equipment and the supplies to keep the troops going uh, and keep the war effort going. And the women were such an integral part of it. I think we're all know the, the poster, the, the yes, we can with the right. I, that's, that sums it up. You touched upon the feed the brats and, and that's something that's actually getting studied today because there's a big push to try to get more universal childcare back in the United States. It was such a successful program, just making sure that kids had adequate meals. Uh, we now live in a lot of homes where there's two parents that are working full-time or nearly full-time, and so it's, it's difficult. And so the cost-benefit, as they found out during World War II, was, you know, the benefit well outweighed the cost. And so, you know, there's a lot of lessons that people are from that era that people are still studying today. So very interesting commercial, a little bit different than what we've watched so far. Yeah, it's like the first one where I don't think we could just outright make fun of it. Like, it was just sort of fascinating, and, like, you'd be amazed at what necessity will do. You know, we're trying to win a war, and so they're making a, a lot of sacrifices are being made from a lot of different areas. You know, we we, we see the sacrifice of the soldiers. We saw the sacrifice of growing your, your own garden earlier, right, and mm-hmm. sacrificing your scrap metals and gas rationing. Well, the sacrifice kind of came from businesses as well. Like, okay, I'll invest in this because not only is it going to help keep my business alive during the the war, but possibly thrive. And well, they made it. So fascinating. Yeah. And and, and, and somewhat funny. I mean, the somewhat funny part of it is like, you got the businessmen in the boardroom is like, we got to hire a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was just the last resort. Like they just (laughs) didn't want to do it, but they had to. Because they had like options were fighting there. The war. Immigrants, no. Chipmunks, Monkeys. no. Monkeys, yeah. <laughs> Penguin. Who put penguins on the board? <laughs> you know, I. But you know, flipping that on a different lens too, I can see why they almost need to make make this. You know, this was probably a reel that was played in the theater, probably right before some of these Batman's it played because they knew there was moms bringing their kids to see Batman because dads are away. This is 1943, and through another lens, it's almost like some women probably needed that motivation because all they'd known was home life and going into a worker industrial thing was frightening, you know? So they kind of needed to see that, you know, it's true. Just fascinating from all angles, I think. Um, So, Hey, we actually did like something serious and interesting (laughs) on the Saturday matinee theater, ladies and gentlemen, bookmark this episode, share it with your friends. I wonder if I was a kid though. And I saw that, I mean, my thought would be, why is my dad out fighting the war and Batman's chilling in his mansion? <laughs> yeah. You know, but then I'll see Batman fight and I'll be like, "Oh, that's why. oh yeah, I see why." <laughs> <laughs> He's clearly four F. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh goodness! I, my favorite person to think about watching that commercial is still the guy that worked at the factory and they're like, "We installed this arm to make the job easier." And he's like, "What the hell, man? What, what the? I've been asking for that for six years." <laughs> Anyways, Delvin, let's get back to the show. Let's do that. Chapter 14 was titled The Executioner Strikes. The release date was October 15, 1943. The director was Lambert Hillier, with writers Victor McLeod, Leslie Swabacker, and Harry L. Frazier. 
with guest stars J. Carol Nash as Dr. Tito Daka and William Austin as Alfred. As a reminder, all 15 episodes are available on YouTube. We highly encourage you to watch this episode before proceeding with this podcast because not only is it just more fun that way, but Jared is about to give a synopsis about this episode and then we're going to discuss it. There's some spoilers heading your way, y'all. So if you haven't watched this episode, we recommend you pause here. Go check it out on YouTube and then come back to join our discussion. It's about 15 minutes, y'all. Not too big of a time demand. For those of you who are watching along with us, we love to hear your insights. Don't forget to comment about the show on Twitter using the hashtag I'm following Batman. Jared. I'm going to let Christopher Walken do it for me this time. Hashtag follow Batman. That was excellent, Chris. I hope you're doing well today. Thank you, Delvin. <laughs> See, we're going to be friends again. Absolutely. I, I cannot afford to have you as an enemy anymore. Pat. Hashtag I'm following Batman. That was horse. Do it again. <laughs> Hashtag I'm following Batman. That was better. <laughs> Oh, Jason. I'll let Mary Jane take it from here. <laughs> Hashtag I'm following Batman. That's perfect. Perfect. Thanks, baby. Get yes, back together. Yes, yes, you was... <laughs> <laughs> picked a new enemy, Pat. <laughs> it's on you, tag, buddy. Ah, oh, sorry. Uh, before we get too distracted. Hashtag I'm following Batman. And with that, let's turn it to Jared for the episode summary. saw Batman, he was trapped in a pit just outside an entrance to Daka's hideout with knife walls closing in on him. And Linda was being hooked up to the zombification machine by Daka. Some good timing by Robin with a crowbar saves Batman, but Linda, she totally got zombified. And now she's under Daka's control. But as Batman and Robin are zeroing in on Daka and his lair, crafty Daka collapses the tunnel to the entrance that the dynamic duo almost discovered. Batman and Robin square off against some of Daka's goons in the park, and even Alfred gets in on the fisticuffs, and seriously, they actually win the fight. They win the fight. <laughs> the, the hell you say? I don't believe you. I watched it. I still don't Barely. believe Barely. Barely. I'll, I'll read it verbatim from my notes here. It says, they win the fight with some effort, and they add two more captives to the Batcave, because that guy Bernie, if you remember him, he's still in there. And then they do nothing with the captives in the Batcave. A letter from Linda baits the dynamic duo into a trap, but Dick and Bruce are well aware that they're being set up, so they proceed with caution. Just enough caution for Batman to be knocked unconscious by one blow from a random henchman and placed into a pine box. The goons drag the unconscious Batman back to Daka's lair, inside said box, and drop it, box and all, into Daka's pit of gators. Okay, gentlemen, it is time to do highs and lows of the penultimate episode. I should have mentioned that earlier. We have one more after this. So for the penultimate episode, we will start with Pat. So the first couple minutes or five, I don't know, five minutes, four minutes, whatever. It's just a recap that we saw again mm -hmm. of everything. Mm -hmm. So I was like, eh, all right. You know. But what I really liked about it was, Daka, he gets all these buttons and these switches and gadgets and things like that. He's got to put his magic gloves on, you know, the rubber gloves on because he doesn't want to touch the buttons 
without, you know, I don't know, maybe he's afraid he's going to get zapped or something. And then the zombification happens. And I was thinking, because you saw a lot of zombie guys in here, I was thinking, like, this has gone on for several days, probably, right? Or more. Mm-hmm. Or longer. So do these zombies, do they eat? Do they drink? Does DACA tell them when to go to the bathroom? Well, I mean, do they just, what happens with that? I, I don't what know. What do you do, zombie? Zombies do not drink, do not eat, do not make love. What do you do, zombie? It's a Thunderball reference. In case uh, oh, oh. <laughs> I probably fell asleep at that part. Anyway. So, I, you know, I don't know what the, what they do. Strangely enough, Pat, I had that same question. Like, I'll be honest, it's childish, but I did have that thought, like, the bathroom thought. Because, like, they had Linda sit in that room for hours. And I yeah. was like, does do they does he have to tell her because she's zombified to go to the bathroom? Does, do, are they incontinent? Do they just go? And, Z- yeah, and Doc I, is yeah. like, ah, duh, I forgot yeah. to tell him. Yeah, Linda Page. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. You sounded just like him. <laughs> Uh, to be honest, I had the same thought with the guy that's been tied up in the chair in the back cage. With that too, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Days. So oh, hey, Bernie. <laughs> We've all had the same thought, but from different angles. <laughs> yeah, just going that hole over there, or, or Bernie. <laughs> I, and, uh, I think he was tied to the chair. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So he's tied to the chair in the back cave. And then they just kind of <laughs> leave. They come and go between two doors. It's like, okay, what's going on now? I, Crazy thoughts that run through my head when I'm watching this. So I like to think that's how Batman's getting information out of him. Like he's tied to the chair and he just keeps feeding him like prunes. <laughs> you know, he's like, You want to give me the information now? Uh, if you do, I'll let you go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> See, that, that would work. That would work for me. <laughs> All right. We got to roll into Jason for your round one high or low for the episode. Man, it's happened so frequently. It's hard to even call it a low. It's a standard, but. You kind of touched on it in the summary. My man Batman actually said the words, yeah, I know it's a trap, but we're not going to fall in it. And I, there's barely time for this. He, he's totally going to fall for it. The narrator's voice. That's what I was missing. Like the Morgan Freeman. Came, he actually fell for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and Delvin's right. Like it was, he was like one punch. This guy had all the time in the world. Like he limbered up, you know, he was like ro- doing his rotator cuff exercises. He like measured the distance between him and the skull. And whack, knocked that sucker out one one shot. I, I tell you, I, I probably shouldn't do this. I know I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't give myself hope. But there's a small part of me that was like, is he doing all this on purpose to get access to Daka's lair? I'm kind of hope. I was kind of hoping the same thing, <laughs> to be honest. And if he does, if he does, I will retract it on the next episode. I will apologize. And he gets an automatic five batarangs. From- <laughs> I, I'll agree with you on that. But deep down inside, I feel like he just got knocked out and put in a box. <laughs> What's well, happened so many times now? That's what I'm saying. Delvin. He got knocked the f- out. <laughs> again. Like. I mean, again. I mean, and again. He, he, took a, he took a better beating from the guys in the park. The, Robin the one guy just took a better down. beating. Robin got knocked around a couple of times. He's like, no, man, I'm good. Like Batman took that lick and just like, oh, I just, you know, like now, nowadays, I think just a few years ago, they had the Batman who laughs. And in the 1943 series, we have the Batman who crumples. Like he just falls over at the, I mean, you just hit him with a feather. I, I, 
Hashtag not my Batman. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, just I mean, if if you're gonna if you're gonna be a bad fighter, you gotta at least be tough. You can't be a bad fighter and a wuss. Like, just don't fight. You're rich. We'll let Delvin compose okay. himself. All right, no. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. My rant aside, I'll say something good. I'll, I'll end this round on something good. The plot of the this serial kept my attention. And that's a good thing. It at least was a straightforward direction. And hey, we think we are at like at, at the at a layer or something. They couldn't quite figure out what it was, which is a testament to DACA and how well he's hidden himself. And DACA very astutely collapsed one uh, entrance and is like, well, there's only one more, and we just simply cannot let them find out about it, which they haven't yet. So that was an interesting plot at least, where Batman sort of has taken the fight, as it were, to DACA, and now we're going we're going to reach the conclusion of it. So that part was very intriguing. I will say it was a fast-paced episode, so that is, that is good. Uh, back to you, Pat. I would agree with that. It was a fast-paced, and like Delvin said, it did kind of keep my interest just to see. There was some movement forward in this one. It wasn't just like, oh, we're going to you know do this and that, and we're not going to get to any conclusion. It got somewhere with it that I want to watch the last episode to see what's going to happen with it. But it's another what though for me. It took this long for someone to realize who's the bat car. Yeah, <laughs> it's fairly obvious. And then they pulled the old switcheroo. You know, he came out as Bruce Wayne. He was like, yeah, what's wrong, like, fellas? Really? And then, then and then a couple minutes later, they chase him down and, the, and Alfred just <laughs> goes right from them. And then they come out again, fist cuffing again in the park. So it's like. And that, didn't he that just def- say? I okay. mean, he just said that, like, hey, we got to find out this if this Bruce Wayne is one of those Batman. Yeah. yeah. And then they chase him, and it's like, oh, oh, oh sorry, Bruce. sorry, had the wrong car, had the wrong car. <laughs> <laughs> what you just said? <laughs> he was on your suspects list. I, you were like, you were almost there. <laughs> you That's saw the car. Still. You saw them get drive away on it. You were following them, and then some guy else gets out. Come on. And then the car tracks you about down. Yeah. How <laughs> comes Batman and Robin? He's like, do you know you and Bruce Wayne have the exact same car? <laughs> I mean, Driver? I've been duped. I've been duped a lot, but I'm not that dupable. It's like, and, and if I look at your jaw closely enough, it's sh- it's shiny, almost like it's made of glass. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the, the, I don't know. To be the fight in the park just felt like. The, they were like, we got to put a fight in this somewhere. <laughs> Just have them roll up on these guys and fight in the park. Anyways, it's Jason's turn to talk. Well, I'm going to pick a high because I kind of picked on it coming out of the gate. And there, there's plenty of highs in here, in my opinion. So I'll I'll give a, another high to um, Dr. Daka this time because we get to see him a little perturbed, right? Like he's all talking up about his trap and everything. And like, I'll show you how my perfect traps work and it's empty. Like he freaks out a little bit. He's like, collapse the tunnel. <laughs> like, just, just dump it. Dump it. <laughs> this is a bag of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of cool. I mean, it, we get, we're getting to see Daka in the last couple of episodes. He's had his cool shook up a little bit and i've enjoyed seeing him and again i think the actor does a really good job of playing a whole range of emotions with daca so we've been waxing pretty favorably on the villain here this whole series and i think that that trend continues with this episode Mm -hmm. 
Certainly, certainly. As far as I'm concerned, he's the star of the series. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. We we talked about this a lot. We came with some trepidation about it, like uh, 1940s. You know, white dude playing a Japanese dude is going to be a clown show. He's not a clown show. He is not a clown show. This guy, I'm going to see how it wraps up because he's pretty much stayed one step ahead of Batman the whole time. And that has been pretty cool. You know what else is cool? All the, the Crusaders Club members that get the benefit of watching us live. They get to hear all the bad words that we use. <laughs> I completely forgot to tailor myself for that. We're all learning together, folks. All right. Big Harry. <laughs> that wasn't necessary at all. I just want to say I have not said one swear word tonight, so I just want to go on record. You've done well, Jason. Delvin, you get the last word in the last round. I hope that you're right about that Batman plot point because I hope that he was like, no, you see, I was faking and like I had a plan and I'm going to break out of this contraption and now I know where Daka's lair is. I 100% agree. If that's the plot point, awesome. That That's a good ruse, and I'll, I'll give, like, two thumbs up on it. Because right now what I was thinking was, to me, it would have been smarter if they would have sent, like, Robin to kind of do, like, you know, the henchman work and then have Batman come in as the heavy if need be. Because what they've led into the penultimate issue or the episode is Robin comes to save the day of Batman. The series is called Batman, y'all. It ain't called Robin. <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't Batman be the main hero on this? It really depends Pat- on who's older. So, well, Ooh. Ooh. That's like true. That. That, yeah, like that. that's a good question. Did they flip a coin? And they're- I'll, I'll let you guys know next episode. <laughs> that's the thing I'm I'm, I'm looking the most forward to. By the way. <laughs> I haven't looked it up. I haven't Googled it. I want to know how old this mofo is. <laughs> well, Delvin brings up a good point, and I wanted to ask everybody, who's in the box? Yeah. I, mean, I have my thought of who it is, who I think is in the box. Who do you guys think is in the box? Is it Batman? I mean, that's who we think who's is. In the box? I, I want, I'm hoping it's Robin, because then you got a dick in a box. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, in the box. Step one. Well, you got to open the box. Step two, you got to put Robin in the box. <laughs> Make Daka open the box. That's, well, that's the way you do it. <laughs> but that's a good question, Pat, because they, they, they brought the box. That, like, we saw him get knocked out, right? And like, mm-hmm. we saw him put him in a box. But from there, it cuts to the goons bringing him in and dropping him in the thing. So what happened? And you hear it, and you hear somebody go, ah, yeah. How'd it go? Ah, that's pretty good. Yeah, more like. I don't know who's in the box, but I have a confession. Mm. When Linda Page was in the box, and it said uh, like mannequin or or wax 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 mannequin on there, they opened it. I thought it was a wax mannequin of her. Uh-huh. That they were going to use to to try to trap me. <laughs> it was really good like, too. I'm man, like, this, was just... I was like, that's her, man. No wet mannequin looks like that. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Jay's got duped. That's I got right. you. But that's yeah. that's how that's how hardcore Daka is. He's all in. He's got the labeling on these boxes. Mm-hmm. They got the mm-hmm. shipping all done. They bring it in, just like bring the mannequin for the new show to the. Th- beginning of the ride and we'll put it on the ride and we'll take it to the beginning you know to place it all for setup so the doc has got it 
awesome plan. He does. The only thing that we didn't bring up that I wanted to mention, one of my favorite little moments was when DACA collapsed the tunnel. And Batman was like, oh, we were so close. He's like, well, in the morning, we'll go check the county architect's office or whatever it was. And I was like, I like the thought process, but I don't like your lack of... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Sense of urgency. Yeah, you don't have no sense of urgency. Here's the motivation here. He's like, well, uh, check that out tomorrow. What time do they open? (laughs) Where do you want to go for breakfast? (laughs) Linda's missing, but he's like, eh, we'll check it in the morning. We'll see what time they they open at 8. Let's get there at 9.30. We got to get a good (laughs) night's rest. Well, she's getting zombified. It's like... Do you, do you smell? It smells like burnt hairspray or, or something. <laughs> there was definitely some smoke. Anyways, anything else, gentlemen, before we roll into some penultimate fun facts? The only thing I was going to mention is uh, it'll be interesting to see how they unzombify people because there's no way that this series ends with Linda Page being a zombie. And right? her uncle. Her uncle's been zombified since like episode two or something like that. Yeah. True, yeah. There's no yeah, way. They got to find a way to unzombify. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I just had two things. One was, and Jason mentioned it earlier on, is that how cool was it that Alfred got in the fight? With the chain. <laughs> I, I, was wow, on, wow. I, I had to go rewind and go, was that Alfred? Did I did the same thing. I was like, wait, was that? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. go, Alfred. No, Alfred. Because he got knocked. <laughs> but there was my bit right there. I was like, that's my bit. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun and cool. But I just want to go over some bat fights. Bat fights. So. Uh, let me know if I got any wrong or if anything is missing. We'll start off with number one. Batman fights a dead end. Wah, wah. Batman fights the trap with spikes. Wah, wah, wah. Batman fights the goons in the park. Batman fights the back of a gun handle. Yeah. And then uh, Batman fights a wooden box. Mm, and potentially some gators. Potentially some gators, yeah. I, I do want to give a shout out to the thug that used the usually Roger Moore heroes move of mm-hmm. jumping up and grabbing the limb and throwing the kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, bad guys know that trick too. <laughs> yeah, Roger Moore butt kick of doom. Roger Moore action. So, in, so when Roger Moore was about 24, 25, he saw this and said, <laughs> "I'm going to use this in a Bond movie." <laughs> <laughs> I get it, because Roger Moore was old. (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right. Well, with that, let's get into some fun facts. And on this penultimate episode where we're covering Batman 1943 serial, it's time to look at Lewis Wilson himself. And we've covered a little bit about Lewis Wilson before, but I want to get a little bit more detail on, on Lewis Wilson, the guy who played Batman. He was born in 1920 in Massachusetts. You could definitely hear the Massachusetts in the way he talks, by the, by the way. I've, I've picked up on that. And check this out. Uh, you know, we haven't played this game, and I don't know if any of you guys have looked, but would anybody like to guess at how old he was when he was playing Batman as we see him here? I thought you said this once before. Wasn't he really, really young, like 22? Pretty young. Okay, so I have covered this before. He was 23 years old when he was playing Batman mm-hmm. as we see him right now. Dang. He, he looks like he's about 30 to me, but yeah, he's 20. Yeah. How old's Robin? We'll let you know next episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now I really want to know. I know. He's just 23. All right. After Batman, he did 10 films, the last of which was in 1954 when he decided to retire from acting. And he went on to have a successful career working for Whole Foods in California. And I always like stories like that where people are like, yeah, I had a good run. <laughs> I'm going to start a whole other career. 
worked for Whole Foods, did just fine. He married once to Dana Natal, and she was an actress and novelist. And of course, as we've covered before, they had one child, which was Michael G. Wilson, who is now the lead producer. Him and his stepsister, Barbara, are the lead producers of the James Bond series. So Michael G. Wilson, I'll always be envious of his life. Oh, uh, my stepdad, you know, he runs the James Bond franchise. Oh, my real dad? Oh, he's Batman. <laughs> that's, that's pretty sweet. And he brings me produce. Yeah, from the Whole Foods. <laughs> and then Lewis Wilson ended up living a pretty good life. He died at the age of 80 in the year 2000. So the dude was around for a while. Again, I like those kind of stories where someone was successful and played this big role and they just kind of chose to leave, live this alternate life. You know, just a Whole Foods manager. <laughs> and just kind of like thing. him walking off into the sunset and just. Yeah. And living to a nice a- older yeah. age. Not too sure. And I can, so, I can, I can definitely imagine him too, like on you know stressful days or whatever. You know, just kind of mutters to himself, "I'm Batman." <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty cool thing, and he was. He really was. Batman. He was. If you think about it, he lived until 2000. So I guess the last film he would have seen would have been the George Clooney uh, in '97. Now would have ended it. Then. <laughs> and that's why he took it serious downhill. No, y'all stop being mean to George Clooney. He didn't, doesn't deserve your hatred. Uh, but anyways, that's uh, I wanted to take just a, a sort of a revisit on Lewis Wilson and give you a little more details on him as we wind it up. So, yeah, 23 years old. Definitely. He's got the Massachusetts accent. <laughs> and then, like I said, just works for about 10 more years in film and calls it quits. So that is our guy. And with that, we are going to get into Batarang ratings. As it works here, if you give it five batarangs, that means you loved it. Four means you thought it was very good. Three, it was good. Two, it was just okay. And one, I did not like it. We'll start with Jason. I was afraid you were going to start with me. I'm going to give it a four. I know that I I poo-pooed on it because of the Batman getting one punch chumped there at the moment. But you bring up a good point. So I'm going to leave it open for the fact that there might be be some shenanigans going on and maybe Batman's pulling a fasty on old Jason here on old Weasel Skull. So if that's the case, I'm going to like this one a lot. Besides that point, I like the escape from the trap. I like Daka. I like the cliffhanger. I like the cliffhanger of Linda being zombified. There's a lot to like to set up for this final battle and I'm anxious to see it. So four from me. You know, I, I'm going to agree with you. I'll just jump in now and so say I'm going to give it a four as well. For the same reasons that you mentioned, this one kind of, we keep comparing it to Flash Gordon. And this one kind of felt like, to me, like this was a good comparison. I felt like there was a lot going on. It really makes me want to see the next one, which has been the struggle for some of these Batman. So I, I agree with you, Jason. I'm going to join you on with the four. Pat, you going to join us with the four? A little high, a little low? What do you think? Hmm. Are you guys bring up some valid good points. So I was originally going into this with a three just because it was like, you know, uh, that's all right. That's it, fair. It wasn't bad. But Jason talking what he said and just, I think, discussing this a little bit more with you guys, I think I am looking at a, at a four right now because I am anxious to see how this plays out. Was it a big all setup that's happening? I, I want to know who's in the box. I think it's either going to be a five or a one from yeah. me. To be <laughs> yeah, I know. Like we are heading, we're heading towards something. You yeah. know, but. not a lot of middle ground here. Yeah. yeah. So you guys have helped raise it up to a four for me. 
okay, that's cool, you know? And yeah, the one thought I had at this this one's wrapped up, I was like, there's so much that needs to be addressed, and we only have one episode left, so this, this last one's going to have a lot going on. Does, at least I hope it does. Doesn't Daka still got his ray gun, too? The second one? Maybe. Yeah, the one that was like 12% larger. Than yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he's going to pull that out. Good question. I don't know, but we got to get Delvin's rating. So, Delvin, are, are you feeling chipper and high like with us at a four, or are you going to be the realistic maybe three guy? I'm going to be the realistic maybe three guy. I, uh, I, we're not opening uh, the door. Was, don't open the no, door. No. <laughs> close. Uh, we're, yeah, I, the three-fourths of you can. I, I, I just, it it was, doesn't give in to peer pressure. Yeah, well, some, a lot of times I will. In this case, I was like, am I really influenced enough to give it a four? No, I didn't think it was bad though. I just like th- that part of me. I, I, there, there are some pretty decent cliffhangers. I will retroactively get on the floor, open the door, get on the floor with y'all. If the next episode that it turns out that it was it was a ruse and he wasn't really knocked out, I'd be like, oh, ooh, crafty, clever Batman. Mm-hmm. I, I pre- and I, yeah, so I, I will, I will reserve that. So you know, put an asterisk here, put a pin in it. You know, mark it down, you know, yellow highlighter, perhaps. And for now, three, but uh, possibly we can go up to four later. That seems fair enough. And with that, we are going to get into the Gotham City mailbag. And of course, we're thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to Crusaders Club members. These are fine folks that have joined the Crusade. They enjoy early access to special long box episodes like, I don't know, watching live recordings, you know. This is you don't get to listen to it edited, so there's a downside. But uh, you get all the access. You get all the oh, access. All the access. <laughs> you get to vote on show content, which you'll be doing soon because we're going to need a new serial to watch soon. So keep an eye on that, you Patreon members. Uh, you get the free raffle entries, so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving so much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. No. Alburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robeson. Dave Collins. Battle Wagon. Ezra Gallo. Gerald Green. Jason Lady. Jason Keane. Jeremy L. Jim. German, Jim, German, Jim, German, Jim, German. I hope you like Jim German too. <laughs> Jim Meal. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Josh. Strickland. Candace Ward. Captivating Kathy Bright, the MVP who's in the chat right now and says, and I quote, totally worth my $1. I like it. Mark Ross. Matt and Lizzie Paso. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Samantha Meany. Sean Urbanski. Spidey67. Steve Cronin. Spreadsheet. Tim Price. Tony Pennington. And Toronto Cop. Of course, if we miss anyone on the list, we apologize. Keep in mind, we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if your recent edition will be added to you soon, but no worries. You can let us know that we missed you by sending a hate-filled email to contact at longboxcrusade.com, and Pat will get it straightened out. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Simple, patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. For as little as $1 a month, you will get all the access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Special shout out once again to Jim Meal and to Kathy, captivating Kathy Bright, who joined us for this uh, first of many 
live Wednesday nights just for club members. So thanks for uh, coming out to the inaugural. Tell your friends how much fun it was. And uh, maybe we'll see some more folks around here. Now, if you don't have any extra scratch laying around, but you want to help us out here at LBC headquarters, you could maybe write a review for the show or wherever you're listening to it. Or we are definitely trying to build our YouTube audience. We have a little bit of additional content over there. We release some of these things, uh, these podcasts over there as well with some additional stuff. So maybe check out Long Box Crusade on YouTube. And let's talk about people who shared and retweeted our last episode when it came out. Uh, As of this recording, the last one that came out was Chapter 12, which was Embers of Evil. And these are the folks who helped spread the word. Tim Price. Doc Strange. Alan J. Porter. Some call him Tex. And Prairie Justice, the Greg Sanders Vigilante Podcast. Again, if you want to get your name read in that little segment, all you got to do is when you see the social medias, whether you're on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, just give it a retweet or a share, and that's how you get your name in there. And we had but one comment, and I'll give it to Jason to read. This was from our good friend and fellow podcaster, Alan J. Porter. And he said, and I'll get my British accent on here so that we can, hmm. so it's like he's in the room with right. us. Spot on. Boy, this was a fun conversation about the first live action Batman and the evil that was Mr. Potato Head. Perfect. I, I was I was on the script. Was that Alan? Was Alan? Yeah, I think he's in, <laughs> in the stream yard with You're us. You're welcome, Alan. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so bad. Uh, I can't wait to see what Alan has to say about that. Oh man! I mean, Kathy said it in the chat. Your that's your dollar is buying you access to this kind of excellent content. Oh yeah! Oh my goodness! All the access, right? There. All the access, and you know what? You're more than welcome to make comments that we would love to play on the show, and you could do that by leaving us a voicemail. And and some people have said, hey, well, I'm afraid I'm going to mess up the voicemail or whatever. Secret behind the scene, folks, we edit the voicemails we get. So we're going to make you sound good. Or if you leave a voicemail, you're like, oh, I I wish I'd said it a second way. Leave a second one. We'll we'll pick the best one that you leave and we'll make it sound good. So anyway, how do you do that? 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. Well, that's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, and more, check out The Long Box Crusade. Pat, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I am glad you asked. You can find us on Spotify, Amazon Audible, pretty much all the podcatchers that are out there. You find have a podcatcher, just search for Long Box Crusade and you'll find us. And on the YouTube we're also at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, YouTube. Just look up Longbox Crusade and find us there. And if you are listening and want to get in on all the access, make sure you share this. Club members, make sure that you're sharing this with your friends out there with the hashtag LBC All Access. That's right. It's LBC All Access. Mm. Hmm. That means you're going to get all the access for $1. Share it with your friends that you were just getting some fun with us with getting all the access. Mm -hmm. Back to you, Jason. Thank you. You heard it. $1 make you holler. If you want to hear us on our trek through all the James Bond stuff, check out Honor Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared, where can they find that? I'm going to have Chris come back in and do it. He likes to do this part. Come on, Chris. 
Oh, the James Bond stuff. Yeah, I was Max Zorin. Um, Apple Podcasts and Podbean and the podcatchers out there. Go to www.secretpodcast.podbean.com. Check them out at Twitter at OHMS Pod. Guys, I got to get back. I bought a ranch over the week. I got a whole ranch and I got a, I got a bunch of cows. <laughs> And I'm, I, I like being. Uh, yeah, right? I, 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 happy as in the cattle, Chris. Is that, yes. is that where you're gonna go? Oh, you're back on the it. list, Williams. <laughs> 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 Just when you off it, you're back on again. That's what you get for being a wise. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for for Chris and his beef with Delvin. His beef with Delvin. Cattle. <laughs> oh, I get it now. I get oh, it. Oh man. Oh. oh, my goodness. All right. Let me steer us back on course. If you'd like to. <laughs> oh, you got it. If you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at Pat. Go ahead and kick us off. Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Delvin. You can find me on Twitter hiding from Chris at DE underscore RAY1977. He already knows about my Instagram, which is Delvin Ray. Jared. I am at Yard Sale Artist Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my artwares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. What about you, Jason? You can find me at Jason Albrick on Instagram. Well, it's time to put away your bat belts and get your quiver filled with arrows. Get ready to fight against taxation because our next episode will continue our journey through the 1955 adventures of Robin Hood television series. We'll see you next episode for episode six, a guest for the gallows. The meetup location, Sherwood Forest. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. Uh, Kathy, I have heard the Dave Grohl impression of walking, and it is outstanding. <laughs> Foo Fighters. Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> it is outstanding. I see you guys putting that word in there, and I say no word. <laughs> you can't dupe me. I'm not getting duped. <laughs> Delta saved you. <laughs> They're battling it out here in the script. I'm watching it go I back. Saw, and I saw it. I was like, no, no. <laughs> Good thing you erased that, although that would have been a good uh, gregarious mistake there. (laughs) (laughs) Repetitiveness, it pays off. Anyway.